Okay, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 186 of Dude and a Monkey. Um, we have, uh, well, I am not far, I say what we have. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Hey, Lauren, even up. Yes, hello. Uh, so, yes, we have a, a, a kind of normal show in the fact that we've got one review, mm. but we didn't do any of what we've been watching last week, so we've got a bumper from each with what we've been watching section. Mm. So what we'll probably do is we'll do our main review, which is of the um, Paul Schrader movie Dog Eat Dog, and then we'll do a little bit of Ian's what he's been watching, and a little bit of mine, then we'll bounce back to Ian, then we'll bounce back to me, and That's you know we'll throw in the usual tangents and, and, and bits uh, like uh, that, and trailers, etc. Um, has anything happened that we need to talk about, Ian? Um, I think it's been confirmed that... Um, the director of John Wick is going to be the Deadpool 2 director. That's yeah. Yeah. Now, isn't it? yeah, and they're looking for... They, they've already said Deadpool 3 is happening, and they're looking for a different director to do that. So it sounds <laughs> like... It sounds like they're maybe trying to light strike while the iron's hot here. Yes. Uh, well, it makes sense, doesn't it, to be honest? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... I can't, I can't remember anything else of note happening um, in this past sort of few weeks. I think the world's been been preoccupied with stuff that we're not going to talk about Indeed. anymore. Indeed. Yes. We're just going to stick to the, the film bullshit and leave all that out there because, do you know what? We think that everybody just needs a little bit of time away from it. I'm and just we hope, done. Yeah. Done. We hope that 90 minutes, we can give you that. Yeah, so, no, it's just that, 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 yeah, that, that I, you know, it's it's all terrible and yeah just whatever we'll we'll get through it we'll get through it it's fine let's just yeah. get some films exactly um, so Ian uh, what trailers have you been uh, watching this week okay uh, Patriots Day um, so Peter Berg's second film this year the um, uh, Mark Wahlberg starring one about the Boston bombings which yeah. um, looks part procedural part Let's get those nasty brown people. Um, or not yeah. brown, but people who don't look like us. Um, yeah, the, the, the second trailer that is, isn't it? It's not quite as... The first one's a lot stronger than the second one. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I, I, I was a little bit surprised by the second trailer, with it being Peter Berg signing off on it, because he's definitely anti that kind of shit. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, Hidden Figures, which looks really interesting, uh, about the, um, black women of NASA who were, oh, the, yes. um, yeah, the, uh, the kind of like the unsung heroes of the early days of the space race, which, yeah, it looks really good, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks fun. I, I mean, it, it looks fun. It looks like it's going to yeah. have its um, emotional moments, maybe a little bit slab, slot A into tab B in, in its construction there, but strong cast. I mean, I'm intrigued to see what it gives us. Uh, trailer's perfectly decent. Yeah, that, that's it. It, 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 look, it looks like something I'm looking at going, do you know what? I feel I'm going to enjoy watching that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, Beauty and the Beast, it's going to be huge. That it is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I mean I don't know. I'll I'll watch Dan Stevens as the Beast. It had me at Dan Stevens to be honest. So <laughs> yeah, it, it had me at Dan Stevens as well. Um, it, I must admit it was when in that trailer when Emma Watson Emma Watson first sort of um, speaks and she does that very clipped 
British accent thing, it did have me going, oh, God, that's, that's nails on our fucking chalkboard. But then the, and I thought, oh, God, no. And then the rest of the trailer, like, when it finished, I just thought, yeah, I, I, I will happily watch that. That looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and last one for me, I think Kong Skull Island, which it's me. So come on, it's apocalypse. I mean, I think we said the first time it's apocalypse Kong. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, 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 I love how literally they've gone from the first trailer and the first sort of teasers and gone. It looks a bit like apocalypse nowadays, and I'm just fucking ridden with it. I, I, I really hope that at some point somebody in the cast or anything is going to go, look, it's apocalypse Kong. Because that's what it looks like, and yes, run with yes, it. just run yeah. with it. It's a fucking great trailer. It, it, there is there is not a single thing of that movie that doesn't make me go, yeah, you know, from the, all the casts seem perfectly suited to the roles they're doing within it. Uh, the aesthetic looks fantastic. Um, I like the fact that it looks like it's going to be a singular own movie, but it's very much going to create a world that they can shoot off from it that is a world that I am looking forward to enjoying yeah one yeah 100% I let, let's see what happens I mean obviously like the, the Gareth Edwards Godzilla was supposed almost supposed to be the first film in this kind of universe mm. of whatever they're doing like it, it kind of similar to what um like Dracula Untold was supposed to be the first part of a yeah. new Universal Monsters thing and they've kind of quietly brushed that under the carpet. It almost feels like they've done that with Godzilla a bit as well. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It. I'm very, very intrigued to see what Jordan Voigt Roberts does with this because that is a big old jump he's making. But then Colin Trevorrow made a big old jump as well, and he was fine. So, yeah, we, we, we you know, we shall see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's it's pushing all my buttons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it looks. It. It. it, it I was looking at it going. Oh, that's not even that long to go <laughs> until it's out. You know. And I. It's really, I was looking through that and at what's sort of coming up in the next sort of few weeks. And I was looking at it and I noticed that between I would say between now and I think I made it to the middle of April, where every week I was looking at it and going, "There's at least one where I'm going, yes." Yes, and some weeks there's two, and some weeks there's three. But I got to the middle of April next year before I went to quiet week. Oh, that's how we want it. That's how we want it. And there was a few in there where there was like, fucking hell, there's four films out that week I want to see. And that's six months. And I I, I promise you, I wasn't wasn't anywhere I was going, I'll watch that. It was all, want to see that, want to see that, want to see that. Six months in the future, that's... Fucking fantastic, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll throw a couple else uh, out there. Um, Ty showed the movie uh, Detour. Oh, um, I didn't watch this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, looks interesting. Don't have a clue what is going on in the trailer, but I think you're not supposed to. Okay. Um, but Ty Sheridan is a, a very good young actor, so it's kind of one of those where I'm, do you know what? The films you've picked so far that aren't your big budget mainstream X Men crapocalypse um, have been really fucking interesting. So yeah, I'm, I'm behind that. Uh, the Cars Three teaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yes, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, it's fifty seconds, so no wonder I forgot. Mm-hmm. But yes, I've not seen Cars Two yet. So uh, I mean, it's as bad as they say it is. 
Mm. I, 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 when I had to uh, test uh, test the print of that, oh my god, it, no, it was, oh, it's bad. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I didn't, I didn't know they were doing a Cars three, but then when it came up um, on the, I, we were some chat about on, on WhatsApp. Um, I did think, well, of, of course they are, <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> Uh, I, I probably won't watch it, but then again, a lot of other people probably will, so fair enough. Um, what else have I got out there? Uh, a Kind of Murder, uh, Patrick Wilson and... Ah, shit, what's her name? From Girl on a Train. Uh, I, she's one of these oh, those actresses, I constantly forget her name. Oh, um... From Girl on the Train? Yeah. Uh, Hayley Bennett? That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Hayley yeah. Bennett. Hayley Bennett seems to play the same character as she plays in Girl on a Train in okay. this movie. Um, but it's... Did, did a teacher tell her that she was a mistress of deception or whatever the fuck that a, line was? A, a mistress of self-reinvention. Oh, well, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, she probably did. Yeah, honest, probably it did. literally, It literally looks like it's the same character, just set in a different place. Like, she moved. <laughs> this is where she moved from to get to go on a train. It's just, uh, just go on the train. What a mental red herring that entire thing was. Yeah. Like, that character is a red herring. She may as yeah. well be a fish. <laughs> yeah. It would have made it a little bit more interesting oh, as well. Oh, well, yeah, quite. But, yeah, um, sorry. But, yeah, the not watch him in pretty much anything, so, yeah. Um, Zookeeper's Wife. Um, just not, not, not a sequel to the Zookeeper. Um, no, well, uh, I, I, no, I don't think so. It could be a prequel, mm. but uh, but I, I, I would doubt it. Uh, Zookeeper um, in the Poland in 1939, so I think you can guess what it's about. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, no, I didn't mean to laugh at that. Just, yeah, yeah it's, no, that's it, not it, a prequel it, to the Zookeeper, is it? Okay. No, it's, it's, it's definitely not. No, I was looking at going... That's really fucking good, but but it's really fucking bleak. <laughs> Which of course it's bleak. It's set in Poland in 1939. But I was watching it going, oh, that's a that's a wrong time to release that fucking film. But um, also the final one, the comedian, uh, the De Niro uh, Leslie Mann film uh, that all stars Danny DeVito as well. Um, have you seen anything about this? Uh, it's the first I've heard of it, but that's a cast, okay. Yeah, right, um, yeah. De Niro, it's, it's a comedy slash kind of drama. Uh, De Niro plays a stand-up comedian who is obviously older, um, but still relatively successful, but kind of on a bit of a, not a complete downward spiral at the bottom of the pile, but he's probably considered to be a little bit too old to be doing what he's doing. Um, he gets into an altercation uh, with a uh, somebody who's filming his um, stand-up uh, and ends up having to do a community service where he meets Leslie Mann's character and they start up a friendship. Mm. Um, and things, celebrity and drama ensues from there. Looks really good. Looks really solid. It looks like the sort of thing where... The, um, it looks like a sort of De Niro film that now people are noticing he's doing that five years ago people were criticising him for not doing and it was a little bit like, maybe you're not just looking for him. He has actually been doing these type of movies for, for years. It's just they've not really been getting big on the side of fucking bus poster releases. Uh, but yeah, it looks 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 really solid, to be honest. Um, I would hope it'll get a nice, a good kind of 
release in sort of March or something like that on one of those in between weeks um, between whatever sort of superhero or sequel super sequel we're getting uh, those weeks because I'd very much like to see it at the cinema um, you know after I didn't go and see the insert of the cinema despite the fact that I kind of thought it looked alright and then when I did eventually watch it was really quite impressed by it uh, I, I'm back on the alright it's got the new in it I'm going to see it I might as well see it at the cinema train mm, okay uh, but yeah, but that's that's it. I think for for trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yes. So um, doggy dog. Uh, the new film from Paul Schrader. We uh, actually reviewed Paul Schrader's last movie, uh, The Canyons, which was written by uh, Brett Easton Ellis, wasn't it? Uh, and this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just I, I was just going to say I I actually re-listened. Well, I listened to that review. I think it's episode thirty something. So Jeez. it was a while ago, uh, but yeah, yeah. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, um, so it's um, directed by Paul Schrader, um, written by Matthew Wilder, based on Eddie Bunker uh, book, which I didn't realise at the time until it came up and said based on all by Edward Bunker. Um, stars Nicholas Cage, uh, William Defoe, uh, Paul Schrader himself, uh, and some other people. Uh, film basically is your standard kind of uh, three criminal friends who have all got out of prison at various times. Nick Cage is Troy being the most recent one. And they're just kind of doing the odd little nickel and dime sort of scams to get a bit of money. But Nick Cage character Troy is trying to chase the, the, the big deal, the big one to make them some big money so they can actually start you know, moving on from this because they ain't getting any younger. Uh, Paul Schrader's character, which is actually, I think, the first time he's actually appeared in one of his films, which is, I, I, I always thought he always used to appear in uh, in some little capacity, but he doesn't, apparently. Uh, plays uh, Greco the Greek, a great name, but a very Eddie Bunker novel name, uh, who sets him up uh, with all these scams and kind of madness and craziness in ensues, which we'll get into. Uh, so, Ian, um, Dog Eat Dog, can I just point out that all of the posters for this, right, state that, that Dog Eat Dog is from the creator of Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, hmm. right? Now, fine. Paul Schrader wrote Raging Bull. He did. Yeah, he did. Mike Scott's director, but Paul Schrader did write... Uh, sorry, Taxi Driver. So he is the creator of Taxi Driver. Raging Bull is based on a real human that existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think you can, can, can credit yourself as the creator of Raging Bull when A, you were one of the screenwriters, <laughs> and B, you didn't direct it, and C, you weren't Jake Lamotta's dad. <laughs> So that kind of it seems like a really small book there, but it did make me go a little bit like. Well, for a start off, the earliest one, one of those is forty years ago. This one's thirty six years ago. So, but one of them you didn't create, Paul. So anyway, doggy doggy, the film, not the thing that knocked me on the poster for no reason. What did you think? Well, I mean. I don't know, Schrader's still obviously got an eye. Um, the Bogart impression in the last minutes <laughs> was interesting. I was fucking hoping you'd mention that. It's about all I've got. Um, it just... It's, it's Crazy Cage, 
and yeah. kind of crazy Defoe somehow made pretty boring, um, which is quite quite a, an achievement in itself. And yeah, it totally feels like Cage was just doing his own thing. Like he, he like yeah. the whole the whole people say I look like Humphrey Bogart thing. That's not in the fuck. That's surely that's not in the in the fucking screenplay. It just felt like. Cage was like, I fancy doing a Bogart impression. How do I set this up? I'll have a little bit earlier <laughs> in the film. And then I'm just going to do a Bogart impression. And I get the whole kind of like, he's actually dead already thing. Because that doesn't, it, doesn't it actually say on that, that TV screen, even though then again, I think it's in the dream, that he was killed in a shootout. Yeah. And that, but then he's still there. Yeah. So, you know, obvi- I mean, and that sequence at the end with the kind of the fog and the red and blue and the purple light, it, it's interesting. There's not an awful lot else of this film that is. It's very, no. very, very by-the-numbers, Tarantino-ish, late, late 90s Tarantino rip-off with a decent cast and, at times, some interesting visuals. That's all. I, I mean, to be honest, that's all I've got. Mm. You? Well, uh, quick before I get into Dog, we did actually we, we didn't actually review uh, Paul Schrader's last movie because his last movie was the film Dying of the Light, which also starred Nick Cage. Oh yeah, the one with Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Yeah, uh, shit. I, I, yeah, of course. And that was executive produced by Nicholas Winding Refn. And that one was from the writer of Taxi Driver and the co-writer of Raging Bull, according to the poster. There you go. Um, Didn't that one get, like, taken away from them and stuff like that? There was, like, proper creative issues on that. Yes, there was. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Doggy Dog, so, yeah, it is, essentially, it's... It's Willem Dafoe doing Mad Willem Dafoe, um, but not crazy Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Mad Willem Dafoe. Right. Um, which, you know, he's actually called Mad Dog. So, uh, it's Nick Cage. It, it's, it's Nick Cage doing Bad Lieutenant, but, but with a less talented director. Mm. Because that, that's the thing I think that I have an issue with with Shredder. He's a very sharp writer is what I'd say, or was a very sharp writer. Um, but I don't think he's ever been a fantastic director. Uh, he's directed a couple of good movies, but I don't think he's ever been a fantastic director. You know, American Gigolo was good. It was very good, actually. But it was there was very much a driving force behind that was, was, was how, how good Richard Gere was in it. Uh, Cat People was fun and interesting, but, you know, when you look back at, you know, his past sort of 10 years worth of output have been the Mini Nexus prequel, Canyons Down a Light, and a couple of other sort of half-assed things. Um, this feels a little bit like a 70-year-old man trying to make a movie that a 35-year-old or a 25-year-old might make because he's making it with an older cast. Like, the the fact that the opening is... There's a lot of sort of working with different colours, palettes, and things like that. And it it kind of feels a little bit like... That's easy to do nowadays because um, you can just digitally just switch and grade things. 
Um, and if anything, he's kind of a, a point, if anything, is an example of just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. It, you can kind of almost put the, the first sort of 20 minutes of this movie into it because it does seem a little bit like traders going, oh, I can make this blue, I can make this pink, I can make this black and white, I can make this colour, I can make this blah, blah. And there's an editor just going, or a digital radio going, just take your fucking fingers off there. Seriously, Paul, there's a coke machine out there. Just go, go do it. And it felt a little bit like that. And we're kind of used to this this cage now. This we're kind of used to that. And it feels a little bit like every, the more we get of this Nicholas Cage, the more you go, was he ever good? Like genuinely, was he ever good, or did he just by accident be good a couple of times? And he's always actually just been a little bit crap. It's just, it used to be crap in interesting movies that can kind of control the crap. And it, it, so I'm now not wanting to go back and watch old Nicolas Cage movies because I might start picking out all of these inflections and go, oh God, he was always a bit crap, actually. So it's a bit like that. It's, it's a very by-numbers story. Uh, it's flimsy as all hell. Um... And at points it's visually nice, at points it's visually interesting, but like you were saying there, there's a lot of there's a lot of that sort of subpar Tarantino mid nineties stuff happening within it. There's you know there's as much there's as much natural born killers in there as there is which I know was Dead Ball of Storm, but it was written by Tarantino. Uh, there's as much of that as there is of things like Spring Breakers uh, thrown in there. Um, and it, it just it just doesn't work. You get the feeling if this wasn't Nick Cage, do you know what? More if this wasn't Willem Dafoe within this, people would just go. Oh, it's another one of those Nick Cage BOD yeah. things. I think it is the the the, the, the Willem Dafoe factor that kind of lifts it up a little bit because Willem Dafoe is prolific, but he's always quite interesting, and you know he does. He does so much, but a lot of it is often work. I mean, if you go back and look through the directors that Willem Dafoe's worked with, it's pretty much every fucking body. Yeah, no, quite. Yeah, no, quite. I, it just... Uh, it, it just feels like a film rattled off by, by people. Like, it, it doesn't feel like anyone was drawn to the material because there was a story they wanted to say. It was just... What do people like these days? Moments of sudden extreme violence. Mm. Dialogue between two criminals. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, slow-mo bullets. Except, hang on, no, that's what people liked 15, 20 years ago. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, there's just, there's nothing to get your teeth into. The the interesting stuff, it basically just feels like they were making up on the spot. Um, I mean, I think I thought Diesel was kind of an interesting, an interesting character, character. until I realised he was one. No, it's he's quite chill until people ask him a lot of questions and then he explodes. So he's basically yeah. De Niro in Jackie Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is actually. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So you know, it, 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 there's there's no real 
sustenance there, really. It's empty calories, but from people you would hope for better from. Except, except that I, I don't speak, I don't think I would from Schrader now, to be honest. No, I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, Schrader's, like I say, he, he's not... The thing is, from... <laughs> I'm not a Schrader expert. I'm, I'm, I'm really not, so I won't pretend to be. But from from sort of books and things I've read about other people that worked around Schrader, plus a book I did read a number of years ago on, on Schrader himself, the gist I've got from that, and I could be fucking way off that, is that Schrader always saw himself as, as being, like, as a director and as an auteur, along the lines of people of, of his peers so people like Scorsese and like the Palmer and people like that when actually I think he's one of those those people who is actually he's better at the thing that he doesn't like what doesn't want to be known as being better at he's a better writer I don't think he has I mean, even dog eat dog um, in this movie he has a blatant shot ripoff from from taxi driver of the camera at the side of the um, rear passenger seat driving along with the car, which you're going, ah, hang on a minute. Right, yes, yes, you can homage Taxi Driver with shots like that that are reminiscent of Taxi Driver. You can do that. You can even do that when you've wrote Taxi Driver. Can you do that when you didn't direct Taxi Driver and you stamped from the creator of Taxi Driver all over your marketing? Can you? Yeah. Or does it feel a little bit like you're trying to sell me something that you haven't, but you, you don't own? It, it, it's just those little moments like that. And I, I, I probably sound like I, I'm, I'm kind of nitpicking or like I've got something that bugged me about it that, that, that I don't really have any justification for. But I've always just seen him as a, be- a better writer than he is director. But he so wants to be thought of on that level. And the simple fact is... As a, as a as a writer, I think he's made, he's been one of the finest writers, you know, for the past sort of forty odd years at points. I mean, know, I mean, basically, I think it came a point that he was sick of being in Scorsese's shadow and he tried to break out, but he just doesn't have the. He, he just the, doesn't have no, the, he doesn't. The, the the thing to he kind of elevate him up to great filmmaker. No, I mean, fucking hell, he, he he wrote Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, an obsession, you know. That's incredible. And I think he also wrote, I'm sure he wrote that Temptation of Christ. And yeah, Rolling Thunder, yeah, yeah. I think he wrote as well, didn't he? Yeah. Or am I completely imagining no, that he wrote no, Rolling Thunder? I'm fucking sure he did. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, well, Taxi Driver, Obsession and Rolling Thunder um, must have been all like within the space of a couple of years as well. Mm. That's incredible <laughs> to write those three fucking movies in the space of like a couple of years. Now, I don't give a shit if you wrote them. Um, over a 10-year fucking period that just got released over a few years. But if you wrote Taxi Driver Obsession and Rolling Thunder, <coughs> Jesus, that's fucking hell. Yeah. But then he's directed Dog Eat Dog, Canyons, and Dominion, the prequel Exorcist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Did you ever see Autofocus? Didn't he do that? He did. Autofocus is actually really quite good, actually. Yeah. I, I, I'll give him that. But he didn't... But it's weird that he's... He hasn't directed anything he's written since, like, the late 90s, I don't think. That's interesting. Why? I, hmm. I, I, I don't know. It just, he's... he's, he's, got, a, he's a, I mean, he's gone off the boil. Cage is pretty much done. 
I think it's fair to say, you know, it's it's, Cage, it's all Cage, depressing. Yeah, Cage is very much he's paid that back tax and gone. Do you know what? I I paid all this back tax. I made a shitload of money doing shit and turning up and just going. No, no, I won't. I won't get. I won't get trimmed for it. No, I won't do that. No, I'm here from I'm here from ten till two. You've got me for four hours. I mean, uh, he's doing. I know. I, I, I won't learn those lines. I'll learn. I'll learn ten pages. He's doing slightly more interesting stuff than Bruce Willis. But he is because Bruce Willis has basically given yeah, up. Yeah, he has given up. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it. He's he's embarrassing at this point. But yeah, I mean, cage, yeah. you keep thinking the cage. There's gonna because the, the, there's the, the occasional one that drops in there that's not one of these. So I mean, for instance, like this year, he's got Dog Eat Dog, Army of One. Um, USS Indianapolis Men of Courage. Um, another straight to what is it one? But Snowden's in there as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, and then every so often there's one that you look at and go, there, that could be the fucking one that breaks him out of this. Mm. And then it'll do another five of those where he picks up three million dollars for just fucking turning up for six weeks. And if he does five of those a year. There you go. He's made what 15, 20 years ago he would do doing one movie in the same amount of time and all he has to do is change which leather jacket or suit he wears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, fuck it, you know. And he, he's literally he's just waiting for somebody to ring up and go, ah, oh, fuck, we forgot to make National Treasure 3. Are you still free, Nick? Uh, can I do a Bogart impression? What? Yeah, I'm free. <laughs> Oh, you have to move your back a little bit. Why? Because Cusack's got the wig that week. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Uh, uh, it's such a it's shame. Saying, it's such a it shame. Is, it's saying all that, I think I still rated it as touching class when I reviewed it on what is it. Yeah, I think I did. But the thing is, I'm not sure whether... I think that's just because I didn't care enough to think it was shit. <laughs> It's pretty Nobody's fucking it. shit, though, Mark. I know, and the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking, was I just high this morning when I reviewed it as being touching cloth? Because, yeah, it's shit. <laughs> it is, it's shit. The thing is, three people voted, which means no one's seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no one said it was good. Uh, 67% said touching cloth, and 33% said shit. There you go. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, it, it's not good. Um, I know a lot of our listeners will watch it because it'll crop up on Netflix and they'll watch it one fucking Tuesday night. Yeah, I mean, as as and that, you know what, as that fine. If fine. you're interested in this kind of thing, I suppose it's not reprehensible. It's just there's it's it's bobbins. Yeah, it is. There's a bit where there's a there's an actual there's an actual scene where I was I, I could feel myself going, Arthur Puck say, if Diesel doesn't shoot Mad Dog in a second, I'm gonna somehow crawl on the screen and fucking shoot him because he's annoying me. And it was the scene where they stop off at the strip club so that Mad Dog can score some coke oh, and he's telling Diesel, he I know you don't like me. I know you don't like me. Are you thinking? When has that been established at all in the movie? 
they seem to get on quite well until that moment. <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah. It, some people might watch it and go, Do you know what? It, it's funny enough. I don't think anyone could actively despise it because there's not enough there to despise. But yeah, uh, the the Bogart impression is is amusing. And by the way, people, it's not like he he does a Bogart impression and asks. You know, somebody asks him to do a Bogart impression or he says, do you want to hear my Bogart impression? He just, for an entire scene, does a Bogart, just talks like Bogart. I mean, it's even the, the inflections and stuff and, like, yeah. the, the language he's using Are you watching Bogart. it going? Because it's been referenced earlier that somebody said he looked like Bogart. And then later on the film, he just starts doing this. And were you watching it like me going... Oh Christ, he's doing a Bogart impression. Yeah, oh yeah. This, this is this is 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 the character supposed to be, or is Nick Cage just decided to? I still don't know. That's the. I mean, I'm convinced the Bogart thing was completely Cage. It was completely yeah. Cage. He was just like, "This is what I'm going to do," and Trader was like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> yeah, what whatever? Because do you know what? None of us have got final fucking cut on this movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, I probably I don't care. Just yeah. just do it, Kate. Uh, Cage. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> By this point, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I'd be stunned, stunned, if this is not the last Paul Schrader directed film that we actually do a feature review of. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, I will be. But the thing is. It's it's not got terrible reviews. It's not got good reviews, but it's not got abhorrent reviews. It's Which better than the canyons. Me. Yeah, I mean, like it is. It's better oh, yeah. than the canyons, but yes, that's not really, really not saying much. No, it's not. Canyons was 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 poor. Mm. Was poor. We were quite nice about it, but yeah, <laughs> we were nicer than most. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, so Ian, um, what have you been watching part one? So, I, I suppose I'll do the film that all the other podcasts are probably covering this week, but you didn't want to see it, so uh, fantastic be somewhere to find them. Uh, so I, I, I took myself out and saw it on Sunday night, and uh, I had a most enjoyable couple of hours, so there you go. Oh, um, so, yeah, Eddie Redmayne looks like the Danish girl. Um, <laughs> it's really distracting like whenever he smiles it kind of looks like he's just doing the poster of the Danish girl um, but yeah it's basically uh, he plays Newt Scamander uh, who has come to New York for reasons and um, his briefcase full of fantastic beasts uh, gets somehow switched with Dan Fogler's Baker, uh, Baker, Baker his Baker character Jacob um, and uh, through that, uh, the Makusa, which is the mag- mag- Magical Congress of the United States or something, start tracking him, thinking that he may be responsible for a, uh, a dark force that is going around New York, like this black cloud randomly causing destruction. Uh, also stars Colin Farrell as... Um, basically a government guy who is a boo-hiss bad guy from the start. Um, That's not a spoiler, he is. Um, Ezra Miller as a conflicted young man, I will say, whose adopted mother is Samantha Morton, who's a kind of... um, She leads the second Salemers, who are uh, 
are trying to prove that there are witches and wizards in New York. Quite a convoluted plot. Um, and um, Catherine Waterston is uh, a Makusa person who um, starts off kind of almost against um, Newt and gets on his side by the end, basically. Plots all over the place. It's very plotty, plotty, plot, plot, plot. Um, and the Fantastic Beasts are an aspect of it, but it feels like J.K. Rowling, who actually wrote the screenplay for this, has got bigger uh-huh. fish to fry. Um, so that that is of interest. And it does feel like she's got some political stuff to say. Um, and, and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. It's basically about um, not siding with forces just because they are more powerful than you and have more influence than you do and everything not being black and white and it not necessarily being one side against the other you can take a more um switzerland point of view on things um slight spoiler alert for those who really don't want to know but i'm assuming by the time this is released if you wanted to see the film you would have seen it um, Johnny Depp turns up at the end as um, Grindelwald, who is basically going to be the Voldemort of this um, series. Uh, looks like a bleach blonde Mordecai, which is <laughs> really distracting. Um, That's been added afterwards, hasn't it? Sorry. That's definitely been added afterwards, hasn't it? What the the Johnny Depp thing? It, 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 it's something that was added afterwards because he was only cast one year. Well, a few months ago. Well. Um, okay, you don't give a shit, so I'm just going to say, if anyone cares about how Johnny Depp's character ties into this, just skip forward a couple minutes. So basically, it turns out that Colin Farrell's character was Johnny Depp's character all along. Uh... So it's not just he pops up. Um... There, there is a scene towards the end where Newt's commander does a spell on Colin Farrell's character and he turns into Johnny Depp's character and it turns out he's been there all along. Like, it, There's a whole a load of, like, where is Grindelwald? You know, he's disappeared, he's causing all this mayhem, but where is he? Turns out he's Colin Farrell all along. Um, so, and he, he has a scene where, unless it's very, very well done, two actors not in the same place at the same time, they have an exchange. That's the second time that Johnny Depp, uh, uh, Colin Farrell and Johnny Depp have, have essentially been the same role. What was the first one? Uh, the Imaginary of Dr. Pan. Oh, that's yeah, this. good point, well made. Yeah, 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 good call. Um, that's a fair point. Um, straight on that one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, like, it feels like maybe they announced him quite late on. Yeah, but may, like because I think it was around the time that they said he's in this one as well, so maybe it was to kind of keep things, yeah, like like hidden. But um, yeah, I mean, like literally, he looks like a bleach blonde Mordecai. Apart from his hair, he's kind of standing up a bit more, um, which is, <laughs> I don't know, which is, which is weird. Um, I'm not. He's only in it for about thirty seconds, but I'm not sure about him. Let's just say, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Catherine Waterston is good. Um, Dan Fogler's fun. There's a girl that I've not seen before, at least I don't think so, who plays Catherine Waterston's um, sister and a love interest for Dan Fogler's character. And she is really good. Um, ah. 
Yeah, she's she's really good. Um, I want to find her name actually. She's yeah, Alison Sudol. Um, yeah, fucking hell, she's been in stuff. Jesus. Um, I recognise her. Uh, uh, transparent. Uh, uh, other people's children dig. Um, mainly, looks like mainly a soundtrack performer, but, um, okay, no. Yeah, she's a musician, isn't she, yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. She's, um, she's very good in this. The, 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 the New York world is, is really fun with, like, the Harry Potterisms in it. And they do keep the Potter references pretty on the down low. Like, the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do pops up right at the start, but then is barely there again. Um... And I mean, there's 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 uh, references to uh, Hogwarts and whatnot, you know, but um, and Dumbledore, but um, I mean, they keep that on the down low, and it feels like generally, apart from the depth stuff, it does feel like its own self-contained narrative. Like, if you didn't have that, it basically would be its own thing. And some people have been like, oh, it's just setting up a franchise or whatever. Kind of not really. Like, I mean, I mean they... All right, so it does stand alone as its own film? I think so. Like, apart yeah. from Grindelwald, yeah. And even then, you could just think, well, yeah, maybe they do just lock him up and there you go, job done. So I, 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 I would back away from that. But it, I mean, it's like two hours 13. It's probably a bit long for what it is, frankly. And... I would have liked to have seen more of Ezra Miller. Um, his character's quite interesting, but not as interesting as I thought he was going to be. Slight spoiler alert again. It does look like this is a one and done for him. And I, yeah. I was surprised by that and a little bit disappointed. Um, but yeah, I'm in sufficiently in i didn't love it love it love it but i had a decent couple of hours and eddie redmayne is the slightly introverted kind of guy he's more comfortable with animals than people sure i'd buy that yeah so uh yeah no a fantastic piece of where to find them it's 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 good it's good i mean it's good and that sounds like damning with faint praise but it's not it's a it's a solid film and is probably better than quite a few of the potters Ah, well, that's... Yeah, I can't say much more than that, can you? Because they're all, you know, they're all pretty solid, the majority of them are, they? Yeah, yeah, so there you go. Um, okay. One that I know you watched as well, certain feline films, so maybe we'll uh, yes. together, but um, I'll move on. Um, I did a double bill of well-respected comedians making disastrous comedies with rewatches of the love guru and the dictator <laughs> you rewatched the dictator yes i can't say much from some of the shit i rewatched though there so. you go yeah <laughs> i don't mind the love guru i don't mind the love guru i think it's quite fun it's better yeah. than a film yeah <laughs> yeah but it's got elephants doing it on an ice hockey rink to the... That should be... That literally, barely a film, should have been the tagline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, true. I, I, it's... I, I, I could just watch him fuck about all the time. Yeah. It, yeah, I remember kind of enjoying it easily enough. 
Yeah, and uh, the dictator, I'll just read my review on Letterboxd. The moment where the dictator is trapped on the zip wire and is explaining why his pockets are heavy make this a two-star film. That's <laughs> and you're a very nice man, what the fuck did you just call me? Probably nothing else does. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do not remember that movie. All I know is I did watch it, but I, I pretty much blanked it from my mind. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Storks. Oh, yes. Directed by Nicholas Stoller. Yeah! Which was That's weird. That's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't actually know that until the credits came up at the end, or at least... The, same, the same year that he directed... Um, the same year as Bad Neighbors 2. Two. He, he yeah. comes out with Storks. Um, I quite enjoyed it. It's not a classic, but um, the, the, the plot is mental. Um, storks don't deliver babies anymore. They're essentially Amazon. Um, a stork voiced by Kelsey Grammer is being moved upstairs and he wants Andy Samberg to take his place um, so Andy Samberg eventually gets um, a, 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 through events a baby is uh, it, 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 it turns up and he teams up with a an orphan um, at the factory uh, orphan human to try and deliver the baby and do so without Kelsey Grammer finding out. Um, they are uh, abetted by a character called Pigeon Toby, um, who is genuinely hilarious um, to me. I don't know whether you've seen the the um, the trailer for Storks. I think I have, yeah. yeah there, there's a character, I don't really want to do an impression of him, but he, 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 I, I, I need to... He's voiced by Stephen Kramer Glickman. Oh, Pigeon Toady. Okay, I thought it was Toby. Um, he's like, hey, you guys, I thought we were just vibing. Uh, oh, no, that's terrible. Like, it just, it's, it, 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 that was a terrible impression. But <laughs> he does some very, very surreal things, and... I'm fairly sure there was a musical sequence set to drop it like it's hot, but I might have been dreaming that. But I wouldn't have been surprised if there was. You know the Lonely Island who did Hot Rod and Popstar and whatnot? Yes. Right, Jorma Tacconi, yeah. it was a vo- it was a voice in this. Andy Samberg is, is Junior, the lead stalk. It very much has Lonely Island-esque sections. That's weird for a film. <laughs> it's called Starks Aimed at Children. Yeah, it's not... The thing is, it's barely for kids. I, I've heard that about it, actually. Yeah. I'm um, the first person that said that. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there, God, there's there are wolves in it that want the baby because they think it's cute. And they... There's a running joke about them turning themselves into, like, wolf become submarine! And just all these wolves become a working submarine. And wolves become camper van. Wolves become suspension bridge. That's that's really weird. Yeah, it's just these wolves becoming all these things. And just the image of wolves turning into tyres... And then going out, 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 just while they're driving, was was very funny. Um, it's 
I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say about it, to be honest. It's it's mental. Um, Lottie made it through the entire thing, as she did with Trolls a couple weeks back. She was very much enjoying it. She really liked it when the wall, when they were running away from the walls. She was loving it then. Um, and, yeah. Um, oh, what made me laugh as well. Um, there was a bit in it where a mum and a dad are in a car with, uh, with a kid in the background. And they say, and the kid says, I want a baby brother. And they start laughing. And they were like, oh, well, storks can deliver it. And, deliver it. and it's like, well, that's not how storks do it. Uh, like, that's not, not how babies come. And he was like, well, how do babies come? And they start laughing. And Lottie actually looked at me and she said, why are they laughing? <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a conversation to have at another time. And it was just like, I was just a mummy and daddy joke. And then she like, got distracted by colours and it was fine. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's, it's mental. It's, it's fun. I would watch it again. I wouldn't buy it, but I would watch it again. So that's Stalks. Um, I'll just do like one more and then I'll hand it over to you. Uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> I forgot that film even fucking existed. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think that film barely knew it did as well. Um, so this is the based on the Seth Graham Smith thing where he basically added zombies to Pride and Prejudice. Um, Sam Riley is Mr. Darcy, um, which is weird. Uh, Jack Houston's in there. Uh, Lee James is in the lead role. Um, uh, fucking Bella Heathcote from the ne- Neon Demon and um, Dark Shadows is in it. Uh, Charles Dance is in it. Lena Headey, Matt Smith. Um, good cast. Yeah. Um, was supposed to, they expected a lot of this movie, didn't they? Yeah. Well, produced by Natalie Portman. Yeah, produced by Natalie play. Portman. She was originally going to star in it when David O. Russell was going to make it. That was it, yeah. Um, it's not terrible. Like, it's perfectly fine while it's on. Um, I, I like the action's all right. There's some decent gore in it. Um, completely unnecessary. Like, completely, <laughs> completely unnecessary. Um, but I can't say I hated it. Fair enough. Yeah, you know, um, it's 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 directed by the same guy who directed Charlie St. Cloud and Igby Goes Down. Yeah, Burr Steers. Yeah, 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 and Seventeen yeah. again as well. He did do Seventeen again. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think he actually co-wrote this this version of the screenplay as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's it, you know, I it, it it's fine. It's like an hour and forty five minutes long. If it was an hour and a half long, it would have been better. But it is what it is, and it, it's a decent time while it's on. So there you go. Isn't Burr Stevens? Also, I'm going to say it and I'm going to check it and I'm probably going to be horribly wrong. Isn't he also the voice uh, in Reservoir Docks on the radio? Are you sure? I thought that was a real DJ. Wasn't he called Stephen Wright or something? Or am I making that up? No, I think that could be right. Really? Really? I should... Sure, he did some. He did some work on Reservoir Dogs, but wasn't in it. Radio play background voice. Ah, that must be it then. Yeah, I remember reading something about it years ago when it was on when he was doing a thing with Igby Goes Down. He thinks on Igby. I think that right. Here, fucking go. Right, you know when we always talk about nobody watches um, special features. Mm. 
I actually watched them make Igby Goes Down on the Igby Goes Down <laughs> um, DVD. Wow, good for you. Yeah, I know. And that's where I got that little nugget of information from that I've clearly misremembered. <laughs> but yeah, I watched, I watched the... It's not a documentary, it's a featurette, and like an eight-minute featurette on the making of Igby Goes Down. I'm going to have to find out the res- I'm going to have to find out who the fuck it is. Actor, Reservoir yeah. Stog, a dog, Stephen Wright. Yeah. Um, Faye Billy. Yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah. Is that your part one? Yeah, man. Uh, let's, let's have it. Cool, right, I'll, I'll throw out a few of mine. I'll cover the, my kind of rewatches first then, and then I can do the, the, the new shit, uh, afterwards, because we can kind of segue into, I think we've got a, a crossover one at least. Or a crossover two, I think we've got actually. Oh, okay. Um, I rewatched Fletch because it was three ninety nine on iTunes and thought, how can I not buy Fletch for three ninety nine on iTunes? And then once I bought it, I thought, how can I not watch Fletch right now? Um, so yeah, I rewatched Fletch. Uh, it, it's one of those movies that consistently makes me laugh um, every time I watch it. Uh, soundtrack's fantastic. Bexting halfway through with watching it, go, haven't we got the soundtrack to this? Yes, we do have the soundtrack to this. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, also, I do notice that Fletch Lives is also um, on uh, iTunes, and I can see myself one night whilst pissed up buying Fletch Lives as well, <laughs> despite the fact that it's, it's not pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, still. Um, I pretty much Beetlejuice. Um, mainly because I, I moved my Blu-rays downstairs, uh, they're not on show like they used to be anymore, but they're in the they're in the understairs cupboard, but on the actual on shelves in the understairs cupboard because they used to be in this office in a box. And I thought, hang on a minute, I'm not selling my Blu-rays, I'm not getting rid of them at all. So really, if I don't actually put them somewhere where I can see them, I'm never going to watch them. So they're useless. I might as well sell them. So I've got them out so I can actually see what I've got. Needed something that was about 90 minutes long, and so Vex said, I've watched Beetlejuice. Yeah, actually, I do fancy watching Beetlejuice. Uh, and it's kind of weird seeing Alec Baldwin that young. Um, Fucking right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, and also, uh, Gina Davis, who's also in Fletch as well, mm. which is strange. Um, but yeah, it's Beetlejuice. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm also, if. It's the same people making a sequel that is kind of being sort of planned um, at the moment. If it's the same people making it that made this one and based on how much I enjoyed uh, Miss Peregrine, um, from there, I, I'm actually a little bit more excited about the prospect of a new Beetlejuice Um I, I would like to have seen the, the original plan sequel, The Beetlejuice Goes Hawaii, and, uh, one. Uh, I would love to have seen that, and I, I can't see them making that. But yeah, I'd, I'd still quite like to see it, and it is a, a lot of a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, uh, and the other um, rewatch I did was Thelma and Louise, which then has made me notice that all three of my rewatches were Gene Davis movies. Nice! Without actually even meaning to do it. <laughs> <laughs> which is strange um, I, I, I put on on the um, in my letterbox because I'm actually reusing letterbox which is fantastic again I'm actually noticing again that 
it's a fantastic tool to use um, just for cataloging stuff. Um, but yeah, um, I put about Thelma and Louise. Um, it's been parodied to all hell, but it's easy to forget there's a damn good road movie in this movie, which is true. It has been parodied like fucking crazy. Um, and I think over the years, the parodies have become more the film than the film actually is. And it's taken away from the fact that it is actually really quite a, a solid movie. I mean, we watched it on a... Specs had never seen it. We watched it on a Saturday night. Not the Saturday it was gone the Saturday before. Um, and it's a solid Saturday night watch. You know, it's... It, it's it's a good kind of road movie with little kind of elements of drama and thriller and it's quite funny at points and it's good to the fact that it's, it's, it's amusing that they kind of fall into this situation but kind of become quite good at this situation and they... They seem to be almost having fun with it, but they know they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it's yeah, it's it's still a really it's a long time since I watched it, but it's still a really enjoyable film. Um, and what's strange is, let's say it, it's I was saying well, it's weird seeing Alec Baldwin that young. It's weird seeing Brad Pitt that young as well in this movie because he's very young in this movie. But what's weird is Michael Madsen's also in there. Um, and Michael Madsen has seemingly always looked like Michael Madsen <laughs> and still does look like Michael Madsen and just doesn't look that much different, really, nowadays in comparison to when you go back to this. And you just watch it going, he's so Michael Madsen in anything he ever is. He's always going to talk real slow and concerned and he's always going to brush his hair back and sit down and rest his head on his hand and talk while, you know, going... And just, you look at going, he's fucking cool, is Michael Madsen. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was my other rewatch. Uh, I also did watch the... A couple of things that aren't films, but that I can kind of quickly sort of say. I watched the David Blaine Real or Magic um, Netflix special that's on Netflix. Um, Did not know which it is, existed. I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's David Blaine essentially um, doing magic for celebrity friends. So there's a bit of him um, doing magic for Woody Allen. For instance, there's a bit of doing magic. Really? Yeah, there's a bit of doing magic for George W. Bush. Who? who, who <laughs> really? He, what? Yeah, he's doing magic. He's having a meal with George W. Bush, and he's doing magic for him. And honestly, you're looking at it going, look, I know a lot of people have problems with W, but that guy looks like he'd be a good night out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I bet. I bet he's like, is he? Does he just look like a kid, like yeah. watching a magic trick? Yes, oh, absolutely. Fuck, There's I a great bit this. of him doing um, it for Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul, yeah. where Aaron Paul is literally at one point going, this is too weird, and hiding behind Brian Cranston. Oh, There's a bit of him doing it for um, De Niro. Um, There's a bit of him doing it for um, The Smiths. Um, oh, so he's round up the old Smiths house. What's it called? It's it's called um, it's called uh, David Blaine Real or Magic. Nice, okay. And it's David Blaine doing his usual style, but it's it, it, honestly it's really really entertaining. The bits with um, the Smiths are fantastic. Uh, they're really re- they come across really good. There's also him doing it for John Stewart, 
uh, Jason Sudakis and um, what's her name? Olivia Wilde. Oh, his wife. Olivia Wilde, yeah. Who for some reason at one point is just in a bikini. Why not? That's fine. Um, then there's uh, Kanye. Is it for Kanye? Who for some reason is just hanging out with Woody Harrelson. Sure. Yeah. Which you kind of thinking. That makes weird yeah, sense. Yeah, that does make a weird kind of sense. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, yeah, they all come across as just being quite amusing and quite kind of enthralled by it all. But it, it, it's definitely worth uh, watching. Um, so, yeah, yeah, watch that. It, do you know what? How you watch stuff when you're on your way to work and back, that'll be ideal yeah, for Yeah, OK, that. great, good. I watched it um, over... When I used to pick Becky up from work, I used to get there anything from five minutes before she finished or half an hour before she finished and I watched it over three nights just sat waiting for her watched it on my iPad sat waiting for her in the car nice I also watched the uh, Dana Carvey uh, Straight White Male uh, 16 uh, Netflix special as well which is just a Dana Carvey stand up Uh, if you like Dana Carvey watch it it's funny it's an hour long it gets a little bit self-indulgent at points but when it is funny it's very funny but at points you're going move on to the next bit move on to the next bit because this is fucking sinking the only person who's enjoying this is you okay. to the point of where he actually at one point states that he does this bit for no reason other than the fact that he enjoys doing it <laughs> and then he just all scarface scarface bit right. which is actually funny but it should end it should be two minutes long and it's not it's about eight minutes long mm, okay. <laughs> um, and it has no and he, he basically explains it has no grounding in anything <laughs> so um, yeah, we've got a couple of crossover ones here, haven't we? We've got Nine Lives. We both watched this, didn't we? Kevin Spacey is a pissed cat's fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Christopher Walken plays a role that only Christopher Walken could play. But yeah, when he's when he's pissed up as the cat, but it's not just him being pissed up as the cat. It's Jennifer Garner's um, reaction to him being. A pissed up cat saying, I think his cat, I think he might be an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> but he complained about being hungover or stumbling on the. Is it the bin that he's on? Yes. When he, he keeps on stepping the bin and the bin keeps hitting him in the face. I laughed heartily. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it like the plot is absolute fucking bobbins, but, um, yes. you know, it is quite fun to watch Kevin Spacey voice a cat. It, it just it is. There's a weird what the fuck am I watching gleeful joy to it um, yeah. Uh, and yeah I mean it, 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 I don't know it is rubbish it makes absolutely zero sense um, I, it, it does there's a whole bit that you're watching going oh come on you're watching and I was watching a film where Kevin Spacey voices a cat that he has become for some reason which I'm still not sure about and do you know what bit made me go, I'm sorry you're stretching the bounds of reality too much with this one? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, do, you know, do, you know, do, you know bit, do you know what bit made me do that? Well, the bit where his son jumps off the building and he's going down. Like, oh, and, and then the cat's there. Like the scaffolding bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just feel like, oh, come on, nobody can jump that fucking straight for the first ever time they've done it. That that's bullshit. <laughs> Whilst in the back of my mind, it's going, dude, talking cat. It's going, 
But I'm fine. The movie, the conceit of the movie is that it's about a talking cat, but that's bullshit. I did like how little a shit Garner gave that her husband was critically ill in hospital. Like, she just yeah. cracks on as if nothing has happened. Yeah, and, and the fact is that it kind of hints that she's considering at one point having an affair yeah. with the evil guy, who becomes evil really quickly. No, he does. It's like, Kevin Spacey you says you're fired, and he just becomes evil. It's brilliant. Yeah. He goes from being put upon, and you're thinking, kind of feel for that guy. He, you know, yeah. it, it, he's taking a lot of shit from this guy, and then he just becomes evil. Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah, no, absolutely. This is... This is this is the sort of thing where people our age, um, around our age, remember things like Beethoven being released in the cinema. This is this. This is what that is now. It is Harry and the Hendersons, Beethoven, fucking Airbud. That is what Nine Lives is. Yeah. It's 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 a bizarre choice for all involved, but I I I, I, I didn't hate I, I did not hate my time watching it. No, I didn't. It's Barry Sonnenfeld. Yeah, I mean, what what the fuck any of them are doing in it, man? I mean, I, the kid really looks like Jennifer Garner. Um, yeah, yes, really you does. Know, but that's... I, I don't know. Apart from that, why is Jennifer Garner in this? Why is Kevin Spacey in this? To be fair, why is Robbie or Stephen delete as appropriate a Mel in this? Um, yeah. You know, I, like, it just... Why? Why... Why, why, Barry Sonnenfeld? Why are you directing this? Why was this written by, what was it, six or seven people? Yes. Yes. How, how did that many people write this movie? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, but, like I say, perfectly serviceable for kids. Lottie, yeah. Lottie would probably watch this in a couple of years and have a good time with it. So, you know. Hey. Yeah, and do you know what? I watched it and had a perfectly good time. I watched it on a day off. At about half ten in the morning, eating breakfast. Fine. There you go. Yep. Uh, I think we've got one other crossover. Yeah, I'm intrigued. What is this? Uh, Ouija 2, okay. Origin of Evil. And so you watched Ouija for the first time as well, didn't you? I did, yes. Yeah. So I could talk that before I watched this. Yeah, it's shit. It's really it shit. Really bad, is Ouija. It's, it, it's really shit. It is... It, Honestly, um, the most entertainment I got out of it was thinking of amusing names to call the actual various characters in it. So there was Footface. I was just thinking because, Footface. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, because that's what the the lead girl looked like. Mm. Um, there was Eyebrows because that's what her sister oh, looked like. Yeah, actually, I actually remember um, that. Yeah. There was um, oh look, it's it's future Brecken Meyer. Yeah. Because one of the kids, guys in it, just looks like Brecken Meyer. But obviously, Brecken Meyer, like he would look now if he was around now. Um, and what else was there? Uh, there was all the ethnicities. Because there's a girl in it called Isabel who looks like she's all the ethnicities in one. Um, so, yeah. So, they went, shit, we have to fill the quarter. Oh, she's a long. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crap. It's really crap. And do you know what the only good point about it is? The fact is that towards the end, it goes, oh, shit. The more interesting movie is the movie we didn't make. Mm. And so that brings us on to Ouija 2, Origin of Evil. Yeah, which... 
Galaxy by Wayne Flanagan. Yeah, it, no, it was interesting. I was um, listening the the Q and A uh, uh, podcast with Jeff Goldsmith. Um, he, there was a Q and A for Hush around when that came out, and he was saying like, oh, "What are you up to next?" And he was like, "Well, I'm doing the sequel to Ouija," and he was just like, "I know the first one is bad. Trust <laughs> me, I'm having a crack at this." And even Jason Blum came out and said, yeah, that wasn't quite how we expected that to go. We're going to have another go around at it. And Three movies this, this year. Yeah, mental. Good on him. You know, I've not, I've not seen Before I Work, uh, but I'm going to watch it now. Um, but I enjoyed Hush. Yeah, Hush was fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, yeah, that's it. It's fine. Um, I enjoyed Ouija Origins of Evil. Origin of Evil, yeah, to be honest. Fine with it. I like I, I really liked the um, the opening the title cards very nice cigarette very nice touch man this fucking cigarette Cigar- yes I noticed uh, at first Bex noticed I went ooh that's a nice touch I was like what what's a nice I, touch I, I mean th- it's just they got them spot on as well the whole the one yeah. and then five seconds later a quick one and then you're straight into an eight bit like they they yeah, got it, them spot on it, it shows a he shows the director who is just thinking a little bit more. And as that, he's thinking outside the box a little bit, and he's trying to do stuff, not just be showy and flashy, but he's trying to do stuff that is, is essentially like a little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. And it, it, for him to do that with the Ouija sequel is really fucking interesting. Yeah. It's, it's clear, it's clear people people see something in this guy. And, and again, it's Blum. It's like, all right, I'll give you X mm. amount of money. You do what you want with it. Don't care about the previous film. Basically, do your own film. It's just got to have a Ouija board in it. Go. Yeah. And, you know, Netflix have also put a bit behind him, haven't they? Because he's doing the Gerald's Game, Stephen King adaptation. Yeah, it is a Netflix one, isn't it? And is he actually the new Halloween man? He isn't confirmed like, yet. Yeah, it's like think. he's the name that they've, they've put out there though, isn't he? So I think, I think from reading something um, that Jason Bloom said, Jason Bloom wants him to do it. Flanagan's just going to kind of try and work on seeing if there's a script there enough to do it. Okay, that's interesting. So I think it, it, it's pretty much him going... You know, I think him and his wife are gonna write it. Yeah, I think yeah, him, his wife, and uh, Jeff Howard, who wrote this, and uh, a couple of the other ones, are all gonna look at it and see if they can work it out. And if they can, it'll happen. If not, it won't. Didn't his wife Which means co-write it will. Hush as well? Or, uh, she did write Hush. Was, yeah, was I think she, she actually. Yes, she was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I like no, I, Mike Flanagan. I like him. I wasn't massive, massive on Hush. But I, I I rate Oculus and Absentia is great. Um, yeah. I mean that I that that film I talked about um, a few weeks back, uh, We Go On, that very much reminded me of Absentia. They both do really interesting things. We're making sunny Los Angeles creepy and um, yeah. yeah, I great deal. So I mean the the third act I wasn't as keen on like once it all explodes it's a bit like oh no, yeah whatever you but, kind of expect that nowadays I think don't you but and also Henry Thomas <laughs> bless him like he's trying but he's not very good no he's not very he, good he, he's, no he is quite simply the the 
his finest ever moment of acting is his audition tape for E.T. (laughs) Which is strange because it's the first thing he ever did and ever since then he's just been kind of ticking along bless him. I think I'm going to re-watch Gangs of New York before Silence and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Gangs of New York actually he's quite good in Gangs of New York actually and he was alright in Legends of the Fall actually. I haven't seen Gangs of New York since the cinema he's, he's DiCaprio's mate in it isn't he you kind of yeah, he against him Gangs of New York you'll rewatch it and go yeah there's in the 18 hours of footage that you <laughs> made and the original 8 hour cut that Scorsese submitted before it got chopped down to what it was I imagine there's a really good mini-series in there. But the one thing you'll come away from it, I would say, or one thing I came away from when I last watched it a couple of years ago, was it's a bit of a mess, but fucking Christ, Daniel Day-Lewis is good. Yeah, this that feels like... It's weird, that feels like a really appropriate winter watch as well. There's yes, something about the aesthetic of that film and the length and just settling in for the evening in the warm and watching it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, there's some really, there's some really good supporting performances in that as well. Um, you know, it, it, DiCaprio is all right in it, but people like um, John C. Riley is really good in it. Stephen Graham's good in it. Eddie Marzan's fantastic in it for the little brief bit he's in there. Um, and it's just, it's weird seeing the, these people in it. Um, that you look at and go, fucking hell, that's a cast there of like, it's that guy from that and it's that guy from that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I need to get back. Yeah, I, I will before silence. I'm going to get on that. So cool. Um, do, do you have any any more? Uh, I've got a few more. Have you got you got any more? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. But uh, go on, you you run through yours. I'll, I'll, I'll let you do oh, yours yeah. then. Okay. I'll let you oh, get, cool. Yeah, you've done yours. Cool. Yeah. Uh, let me uh, get back to my diary on older letterbox then um how many have I got I got one two oh I've only got two more right okay fine uh so uh I rewatched Shaun of the Sheep movie um just stuck it on Amazon Prime um like uh, just to give Lottie something to watch and I ended up watching the entire thing with her um so She's getting good, man. Like it's the f- yeah, the, f- the it. third film that she sat through the entirety of, like engaged as well. Trolls, uh, Stalks, and the Shaun the Sheep movie, like well in. She was loving it. She was laughing her ass off. It was brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's like, fuck. I think I'm, I think I'm kind of quite well trained. Like she's not free until next month, and yet she's sitting through entire films I feel like I'm doing something right yeah you are so yeah I, I, I don't know perseverance but um, oh Jesus Christ even though slight tangent I kind of mentioned this to you but I took her to this thing called Little Screen which is oh yes fucking hell uh, so basically it's um, once a month there are some cinema chains in the UK that do this thing where it's basically kids programs on the big screen and they knew what they were doing these people there's a kids show if you've got a preschooler you will know it but called Paw Patrol which Lottie loves the ever loving shit out of 
she has so much Paw Patrol merchandise, it's mental, and she's got more <laughs> coming for Christmas. And they programmed it last, and literally, they did a five-minute loo break thing halfway through, and she covered up her eyes and said she wasn't going to uncover them until Paw Patrol was on. <laughs> and, um, and, and and she, to be fair, she did uncover it because something came on that she was interested in. But when Paw Patrol came on, the fucking kids in the audience went mental. It was like the Beatles. <laughs> like, the theme tune came on, and it was just... There was a sea of kids dancing and screaming along in, in pre-school not really keeping up and doing it completely at their own pace, making up their own words when they had to, versions of Paw Patrol. And it was un- unbelievably cute. But these fucking dogs have got children wrapped around their little fingers. It is mental. So, yeah, little screen. It w- it, seriously, it was fucking something else. It was mental. Um, but yes, it sounds insane. Uh, it, oh my god! I, I, like uh, to be fair, she wants to go again next month, and fine, I'll yep. sit there for an hour with her. It, 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 I mean, to be fair, she doesn't really need it because she's been watching films in the cinema. But it, it teaches kids to sit in a cinema yeah. and, and you know stare at it. And yeah, there's a lot of different things going on, but at least they're like be attentive to the big screen, which which is nice. You know, so, uh, but um, like I say, I mean, like, I've been taking her to the cinema, I think I started in, like, March, and it's started off not great, like, I took her to see Finding Dory twice, thankfully only once was it full price, and she, she left, like, halfway through, even though she wanted to see it, it's, I don't know, it's it's an interesting one, I'm going to be intrigued to see how she goes next year, like, if, if there's, if I can slightly move it up a notch or not, or whether I'm going to have to keep it at this level, but we'll see, anyway, um, last thing, Kubo and the Two Strings, uh, which is the uh, latest yes. one from Leica, uh, the guys who did uh, Coraline, Paranorman, and the Box Trolls. Uh, they're, they're doing better than Pixar at the moment, frankly. They're fucking brilliant. Kubo and the Two Strings is, is one of the films of the year for me. Um, oh, fantastic. I'm, I'm going to watch that this week, but I've, I've been very much looking forward oh, to it okay. since, it's so, since it came it's out. It's so good. It's so good. It, um, I mean, it's gorgeous. The... The, the moral at the heart of it is awesome. I mean, it's not just be true to yourself. It's got some shit going. It's got shit in its basement, if we're going to use Rocky Bar- Balboa parlance. Um, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I mean it, it, the, 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 the action sequences are fantastic. The way it visualizes storytelling is wonderful. Uh, it's also very funny. Uh, I mean, Matthew McConaughey is brilliant in it. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, it just, we'll talk about it more next week. It's, it's, it's lovely. It's really good. Um, ah, so, but good. yeah, we're, we're, maybe we'll get more detail next week. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's all she wrote, mate. I'll, yeah, I'll, I, I, I will be watching it this week, so. Yeah. Um, right, uh, I'll, I'll do my other ones for sure. We're all new watchers. Uh, what's the finest hours? Um, the Craig Gillespie, um, oh, Movie. Is this the Chris Pine Casey Affleck one that just did nothing? Yeah, that just kind of that, that just that just disappeared. Yeah, okay. It was a bit like this year's Jersey Boys, mm-hmm. uh, in the fact that nobody watched yeah, it yeah. <laughs> at all. Um, and it's a Disney movie as well. Yeah, it is. yeah that's right. 
Yeah. Um, it feels quite Disney-y, to be honest. Uh, it feels a little bit like like there was a script doing the rounds and it was either do we make a feel-good kind of disaster movie and do it as a 12A or do we make a harder disaster movie and do it at a 15 and they went that route rather than they went the, the, the first route rather than the second route but the thing is it seems like they got the cast on board to make the second route version because I mean the cast is, is, is really good you've got Chris Pine Casey Affleck Ben Foster Eric Banner uh, Graham McTavish, mm. Kyle Gallner, um, John Ortiz is in there as well. Uh, Josh Stewart uh, is on it as well. It's a it's a really strong cast, um, and it very much sort of sets itself up as um, that Chris Pine plays a very straight laced, um, like um, Coast Guard. Um, in the, I think it's saying that it's based on a real thing that happened. I think it's in the 50s, early 50s, I think it is, um, where it, he's he does essentially what he's told, essentially, but he knows he's very good at his job, etc. But he's very much a will follow orders. Uh, and the, the actual sort of story is that there's two oil tankers out there um, that both split in half at the same time but this is in the 50s so it was harder getting radio contact and one of them that split in half the majority of the uh, crew were on the half that the radio wasn't on right. all of the local um, coast guards have gone to that one because everyone's not quite sure if everyone's getting cross messages because there can't be two oil tankers that are splitting two in the same place during the same storm. So you've got Casey Affleck is on the oil tanker and he's trying to essentially get to the point of where it doesn't fucking sink with everybody on board, but everybody on board is arguing half of them are saying they should get in their lifeboats and get off, and the other half of them are saying that they should listen to, um, stay on and listen to Casey Affleck and do what he says. And it takes Graham Batavish fucking threatening everybody to, to make everybody listen. Um, whilst at the same time, uh, you've got Chris Pine is out with um, routines with Ben Foster uh, and a couple other guys who are going out to see if they can go out and help because they think they don't know where it might be around. But it's really hard to get out there. So they're getting told by townspeople to do you know what maybe just try and get out there say you try and come back while at the same time Eric Banner's going no just go over there and see if you can go and it's, it's it's actually we watched it on a Sunday afternoon and it felt like a Sunday afternoon movie it's it gets to the point where you're watching it and you're enjoying it the effects are, are good and it looks nice and as I've explained in the podcast before, I'm terrified of water and boats and anything, so it's like a horror movie for me. Um, and then you keep thinking, I'm, I'm enjoying this, it's good and everything like that, but I'm not emotionally invested in it. You know, yeah, I hope they get out, 
I don't really know the story that well anyway, so I'm not quite sure what happens, but it's a Disney film, so I assume they will get out, they will all die. Um, but I don't give that much of a shit. But then when it does actually happen, you do start giving a shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it feels like this version is two hours long. The harder version would have been two and a half hours long and contained a bit more violence and swearing. But I enjoyed it. It was good. Alright, fair enough. That sounds like it actually might be worth a go when it's on Netflix then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I watched White Owl, the... Um... Fuck me, the uh, Kate Beckinsale, was it? Yeah. Do you know what? I fi- and Eric Banner? Yeah, um, no, Gabriel Machette. The fuck, okay. I think, I and, think uh, I've seen this. Tom Skerritt's in it as well. Yeah, man, I have seen this. I genuinely, apart from actors, God, that's so fucking... Like, I have seen this, but I could genuinely not tell you the first fucking thing about it. Do do you know what I can tell you about it? I really enjoyed it. Fair enough. (laughs) Like, I really... I didn't expect to at all. Um, But... I, I kept, like, scrolling by it and going... I like movies with snow in them. And it's got snow in it. movies with snow in it. So I thought, do you know what? Fuck it. I'll give it a go. Because it'll probably be shit. But I'm tired and I'm going to fall asleep anyway. So it doesn't matter. But then I can, you know, I I can watch it in two or three little goes. And I can at least say that I watched it. And I'll get entertained by the fact that it's set in snow. But yeah, I I really quite enjoyed it. Um, It's... It, the snow added to it but I, I liked I, I usually Kate Beckinsale is something I don't get on with but I really quite liked her in this I like Tom Skerritt in it um, it bounces along at quite a nice little pace even though it is you know over 95 minutes long which it doesn't need to be but it still works despite the fact that a lot of the chase scenes are actually chases it's interesting because they do chases, but they're from one part of the outpost to another part of the outpost, outside in freezing hundred mile an hour winds. So that the chases are actually of them tagging on to the guide ropes and having to pull themselves really slowly along it, whilst being chased by somebody else pulling themselves slowly along it. Yeah, okay. So it's like a slow chase. Yeah, yeah. Like what we said about the um, the last stand. Uh, the um, Schwarzenegger movie where it's interesting having a car chase that's a slow car chase because they're in um, the big huge cornfields it's a bit like that but yeah um, if you can't remember anything about it honestly it is a midweek rewatch on Netflix it'll be fine I started watching it last Thursday I think at like 11 o'clock at night on Netflix because I couldn't sleep watched it all and was like wang that enjoyed that We'll watch that again. The type of movie where if it comes up on like Move the Day or I scroll past it for some reason on uh, on iTunes and it's three ninety nine, I'll probably buy it. Despite the fact that that fucking thing will never not be on Netflix. <laughs> I wonder how much it is on iTunes now. I think it's seven ninety nine. Oh, a bloody but iTunes it, it, man. So, I mean, like I I love I love digital library stuff as as we now as we now know but seven some of the prices is, is, is a, are a joke white out it is 7.99 i got a, I got, it is on i got martha marcy may marlene on itunes for a fiver today 
Yeah, I was going to buy that for a family today, but I but my brain did go. It's not three ninety nine, though, is it? I, <laughs> Which way did we go? Five is my sweet spot for certain things, and Martha Marcy Maylock Marlene is one I want to rewatch again at some point, like after New Year. I think from now until our end of year show. I'm going to be pretty concentrated on catch-up and Christmas films. But, yeah, yeah, after that, I think I'm going to be on it. That's that's my thing, catch-up and Christmas movies. Um, Another catch-up movie, actually, uh, segueing nicely into the last one I talked about, uh, War Dogs. Um, The Todd Phillips uh, film about uh, young arms dealers, essentially, starring Jonah Hill and Miles Teller. And the next Alicia Vikander, um, Anna Dinamais, uh, um, who is going to be in, you might remember it, she was um, one of these slices of uh, free pizza in Knock Knock. Um, and she's also going to be in, Sorry. in the Blade Runner um, sequel. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, so she's in this, and she's phenomenally pretty. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yes, I would devour that free pizza. Uh, but... free pizza. That's a way of putting it. Yes. Yeah, dripping in cheesy misogyny, that fucking lift yeah. <laughs> that in it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, War Dogs. I-, I can see why people didn't like this movie. Yeah. I-, I absolutely can see why people didn't like this movie. It it Because John Hill's character is reprehensibly what is wrong with modern America Wait, you loved it didn't you absolutely yeah. uh, yes I did I did yeah. really enjoy it it shamelessly rips off uh, Lord of War shamelessly it is basically the fucking same movie but again Lord of War seemed to rip off the story of this because this is based on, a, on real people they don't even change their fucking names Johnny Hill's character, Ephraim Devaroli, is a real person. Miles Teller's character, Daniel Packhouse, are real people. Mm. So, yeah, um, and a little bit has been changed, but not that much. A lot of what goes on did actually go on. They essentially found a loophole in um, the government contracting and exploited it and exploited it and exploited it until they ended up getting a... $300 million uh, arms contract uh, which contained them having to get a million rounds of AK-47 ammunition um, which yeah they bought from a shady businessman nice <laughs> that, that, that is true um, it's worth a watch because it is entertaining at points it's funny it's very Todd Phillips it's very much Todd Phillips going to a studio you know when I made you that um, comedy trilogy that made a fuck ton of money? Yeah. I want to make this now. Really? You want to make this? Yeah. And you want to do it, I want to do it like this. I want to say it as a comedy. You want to say it as a comedy? Yeah. Oh. Remember when I made you that trilogy that made a fuck ton of money? Yes, we remember it. Yeah. I want to make this now. And do you know what? War Dogs made money. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it was an interesting release day, wasn't it? Wasn't it? It was like right at the tail end of summer. Um, yeah, yeah, I can um, see that making money. Fair play. It's entertaining enough. Um, the most entertaining bits are 
it, it trades on the fact that Miles Teller is a very charismatic screen presence to watch. So it focuses more on him telling the story than it does, and, and, and builds the character in his story more than it being a story of them both. Um, so it is like that. It is pretty by the numbers. Uh, the a lot of the marketing is pitching it as a kind of uh, Scarface-esque thing. That has nothing to do with the tone of the film. It is just about them both guys quite liking the movie Scarface. Um, John Hill's great in it, and his laugh is fantastic. I think I've heard that. Okay, yeah. His laugh is one of the highlights of the movie um, throughout it. There are some really good things. There's no... There's no retribution. Um, there's no sort of things where his character kind of has that ah oh, shit. What have I done? He's a dick throughout it, but kind of an almost likable dick. I always put it back to the the, the um, one of the scenes in Hot Tub Time Machine because all things can be brought back to Hot Tub Time Machine, where. Craig Robinson and John Cusack are saying about uh, Rob Corddry's um, character that he's an arsehole, but he's kind of like our arsehole. Everybody's got their own arsehole, and he's our arsehole. You get the feeling that John Hill's character in this is Miles Teller's arsehole. He likes him, but he knows he's an arsehole. Uh, but yeah, it's... Um, 95% of the people on the planet shouldn't watch this movie. The 5% of people, of that 95% of people, I would say a good 60% of that um, shouldn't watch it because they'll think it's cool for the wrong reasons. The other 40% just plain won't like it and will be offended by it because they need to take the fucking bug out their ass. But I enjoyed it. Fair enough. Because, because as has been well established by many people, I'm a terrible cunt. That's why I liked this movie. <laughs> so, yes, I, I did like it. I will watch it again. Um, but, yeah, but people make your own judgments, and a lot of people will go, you're insane. But I'm pretty much in the fucking tank for Todd Phillips, whatever he wants to do from now on. <laughs> Which nobody <laughs> should say. Even I admit that nobody should say that. Well, you're quite right. You're quite right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can I, I liked a lot of his movies. <laughs> I, I've liked some. Starsky and Hutch, man. Um, That's yeah, great. Open this room. You, Do it. You know you were talking about like how there are loads of films you want to see like, like every week. Yeah. The release schedule's yeah. fucking men... Like, just around New yeah. Year, right? The 1st of January is a Sunday... Assassin's yep. Creed, A Monster Calls, yep. and Silence. All three on the same All friggin' three day. On the same day. Nothing the following Friday. Are, I saw some. No, no literally, Friday. the 6th of January, Friday the 6th, two event cinema things. That is it. But the following Friday, the 13th, La La Land, Live by Night, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. Just stick one of those out on the sixth of January. Come on. Yeah, there's one. It's, it, yeah, because there's, there's yeah, there is nothing there. But yeah, yeah, Manchester City, La La Land, Live by the Night. I yeah. Mean, in fairness, I fuck. The thing is, right? 
I've got my my mum staying over Christmas and New Year, and she goes on the second. So on the second, I'm going to go see something. Now, do I see yeah. the Scorsese film that's going to be about three hours long, and is going to be? It's going to be good. Two hours forty. But, it yeah, it's going to be two hours forty. It's going to be very serious. Do I watch a monster yeah. calls, which by all accounts destroys you emotionally? Or do yes. I see a... And also, sounds Liam Neeson, doesn't it? Yes, yes. Or do I see Assassin's Creed, which is going to be throwaway and hopefully fun? This is... The thing is, after Christmas and New Year, and having my mum stay for a week, is about the only time I would ever consider maybe seeing Assassin's Creed over silence. But I've got a feeling I'm going to need to, like, and breathe... The thing is, I know I'm going to see all three of those films that week. Yeah. It's just like you say, in which order do I go and see them? What I think I might do is, January 1st, I think I'll probably be at work. So I might go and watch Silence on the night, because I think everybody else will be watching Assassin's Creed. And then I might go and watch Monster Calls and Assassin's Creed on the 2nd, because I think I'm off on the 2nd. Are you recording, by the way? Yes. Good, my recording for some reason just always finishes at an hour oh, 40. Yeah, which is weird. Um, so, yeah, I might go and watch Assassin's Creed and Monster Calls um, both on the same day on the, tube, on the, on the second. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm looking now, like, how am I going to plan this stuff out? Like, Passengers comes out on Wednesday the 21st, so I'll probably just see that on a night before Christmas. Um, yeah. Boxing Day. Boxy Day's actually not too bad. Collateral Beauty, which I have next to no interest in. And Why Him? So Why Him? Why Him? I think is going to yeah, be... Yeah, I, I think I'm going to watch Why yeah, Him. That's probably going to be a pretty fun between Christmas and New Year thing, I think. Um, Monster Trucks is also out. Sorry? Monster Trucks is also uh, out. I, I, the film that they've already written well, off. Well, that's hilarious. I can't believe that Paramount is... have done that. Like, it just... Yeah. An upcoming film they have written down like $120 million. Yeah. And the fact is they're still releasing it in that thing and basically going, ah, fuck it. I, I just, I mean... <laughs> just... What? It's such a... Ah, fuck it. Fuck it. Kind of, I mean, I don't know. It's just like... Who does that before the film's... In? Like the Sunday after the film comes out, yeah, all right, fine. We're gonna have to write write down 120 million. But like months beforehand, imagine if it made money. Uh, I, it won't. God, no, but imagine if it did. I mean, the, that that trailer. I I think we talked about that trailer. But I love <laughs> that they are li- taking that title as literally as you possibly can. It is. They I'm are literally monster it. trucks. I'm almost tempted to go and watch it. I, 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 I mean, I'm not going to, but I uh, more power to you. Yeah, I, 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 do you know what I might? Oh God, mate! I don't know. I mean, I, I'm thinking um, our end of year wrap up show would probably be the weekend of Friday the thirteenth because you got La La Land, Live by Night, and Manchester by the Sea. Like I don't yeah. think we could do it any earlier than that. I, I no, we, we 
we, we can't because because then we're gonna have to we might have to include at least one of those in a, a best our list for the year after. Yeah, no, I mean like looking at what comes out after Lion, I don't think would be in my top ten. Jackie, I don't think would be in my top ten. Oh fuck, Axel Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge word is cooling on yeah, that movie, I we shall say. So, but, I mean, it doesn't come out until the 27th of January. Fences. Mm. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. We'll... I mean, even that week, even that week, Hacksaw Ridge and Trainspotting. Yeah, man. And then, the week after, Loving, Resident Evil, Fences, Gold, and the new Ring movie. You know, on any normal week, I would watch any one of those quite happily at the cinema. Yeah, agreed. And there's um, and there's there's five of them out in one week. Yeah, I, I I haven't been going to the cinema as much lately, but I've got a feeling January and February I'm going to be kind of like right, Don, I'm going twice a week. Sorry. I I, I can see me going. I mean, fucking hell! The seventeenth of February, The Great Wall, The Handmaiden. John Wick Chapter 2. All on the... Yeah. S- I mean, like, The Great Wall, I'm intrigued. Yes. Even even the the 10th of February, Fifty Shades Darker, Lego Batman, Miss Sloan, and The Founder. And Billy Lynn's half, Long Half Time Walk. I'm somewhat interested in that. I mean, yeah, the word's not good, but I'm interested. But yeah, I mean, Lego Batman and the, the founder in Fifty Shades Dark. I mean, we're going to do Fifty Shades. Oh, absolutely. You know, so... I, I, fuck. I can see me doing a lot of cinema. I, Literally, I, I'm scrolling now, and... Yeah, do you know where I am? Where I've got up to? The 7th of April is where I've got up to, where I've gone, yeah, there's no really out that week. But do you know what is out that week? The Boss Baby. Well, no, well, we're doing The Boss Baby. I think we've already decided. The Boss Baby is out on a week when there's nothing else out. So we have to do that then, don't we? I I will also be going to see Peppa Pig, my first cinema experience. (laughs) Well, I will. God, the the, the week after that is Fast and Furious 8 and the new Xavier Dolan. It's only the end of the world. Um, Yep. The week after that is a a dead week. Why do I know their finest? Um, decent cast I know that for some reason so okay week after Guardians of the Galaxy two weeks after that Baywatch and, and Baywatch there's a film called Captain Underpants coming out in May fucking Baywatch man solid <sighs> I like that they've still yeah. got a listing for the Divergent series Ascendant. <laughs> Launching films need to update some of this stuff, man. That's brilliant. Um, fuck. Uncharted is still on there as well. Shit, yeah, they need to fucking update this. I mean, God, looking at July. Right, July. Spider-Man. War for the Planet of the Apes. Dunkirk. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. The Dark Tower. Then August, Alien Covenant, our baby driver, the new Edgar Wright. Fuck. And I mean, this is the, I mean, like, obviously there's going to be more slotting in as well. You know, I'm, Jesus fucking Christ. 
Literally, you can go from now until... Yeah, you can go from now until, like, this time next year, and there's so much yeah. out. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, right, so, yeah, uh, I think we've got one question. Okay, cool. Well, I'd say it, yeah. Uh, which is from the Jitter Prince, TGP73. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger all day long. Hamburger, yeah. I, I do love a hot dog. But, yeah, hamburger is it, after we on that one, I'm afraid. Yeah, all day long. Um... Yes, so that was, that was our <laughs> bumper. Brilliant, okay. Our bumper, 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 what we've been watching. But, you know, I've yeah, enjoyed it. That was good. episode 186 of Doing the Monkey. Um, DoingTheMonkey.com, at DoingTheMonkey, at Ian Loring, at DFOS, DoingTheMonkey at gmail.com. Have I forgotten anything here? Nah, man, I think we're good. Nice one. Cool. I need to go and eat and then go to bed because I've got to catch a train at half at six tomorrow morning. I need um, to go and unplug and my Ian, car. <laughs> he needs to go and unplug his car, uh, which we will get into next week if we get a chance to talk about Ian's, Ian's electric car, which sounds like a uh, late 80s, early 90s kids' TV show. Yay! <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, guys. Right. Bye. Bye.